Thank you for joining us here at BLC. Our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Let's get into part three of this, okay? We have been talking about kingship. And our key text has been Matthew chapter 16. Jesus makes this statement in verse 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever. Now, this whatever is not the one that your teenager responds to you with. This actually means whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. Holy Spirit, this morning, speak to every heart in this place, those listening online. Open the eyes of our understanding. Allow us to see clearer than ever before our role as ambassadors, as the kingship of heaven on the planet today for your glory, Jesus. And everybody said amen. Amen. You see, Jesus giving these keys, he has given us this role of authority, if you will. That's really what keys mean. They, they mean access, control. When you look at some of your more modern translations, they actually use words like whatever we allow on earth is allowed in heaven and whatever we forbid. And so what I'm, now I'm going to ask this question and I want you to, I want you to leave your traditions and your religion at home today, Okay. Because I, I believe that God is going, I believe that God is helping us in, in our direction as a local body. And so here's my, uh, here's my question today. Is God allowing what we allow? I know, right? It's like, what? Is God allowing what we allow? See, I know some of you are like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just read words from Jesus to you. Whatever you, according to the, the, the uh, New Living Translation, it actually says, whatever we allow on earth. Let me set this up a little bit. I've, I've alluded to this conversation throughout this series, but I want to go to the message today in this same passage in, in Matthew But I want to set this up because this conversation taking place before Jesus makes this statement, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom. This is what took place. And and I love how the message words it. It's it's really beautiful. Jesus is now understand Jesus is responding to his disciples and he has been asking them, who are people saying that I am? And this is probably going to be the key question in your journey of faith is who do you say that he is? And, uh, and Peter says this, well, you're the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus comes back. God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of books or from a teacher. But my father in heaven, God himself let you in on this secret of who I really am. And now I'm going to tell you who you are, who you really are. You are Peter, you are a rock, and this is the rock on which I will put together my church. And I will, he says, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to stop it. Now, let me take a second here. Here's what I want you to understand. Jesus calls Peter a rock. The actual word there is little rock. A word we would use today would be gravel. 
See, gravel is just, if you, or, I, I mean, I, I can remember, I don't know what the numbers were, but you can order gravel in different sizes. I mean, you mean like, are they, what are they, like number? 57s, I mean, see, they got all kinds of numbers, man. Different size at rocks. That's what we are. We're gravel. But the rock, yes, Jesus is the rock, but it's actually much more detailed than just the revelation that Jesus is the rock. It is the revelation that you have of who he is. That's what he's saying. On, he, he said, Peter, nobody taught you this, my, but my Father in heaven gave you a revelation. See, it's on your revelation of who Jesus is. For example, <clears throat> there, are, there are millions of Christians on the planet. They have just enough of a revelation of who Jesus is that, they're going, that, that they have passage to heaven. You're born again. But there is so much more to the Christian life than just being born again. But it will only be on the revelation that you get of who he is that you will be able to walk in such things like keys of the kingdom. He goes on to say this, and that's not all. You will have complete, now this is my favorite part of this passage, you will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open any and every door, no barriers between heaven and earth, earth and heaven. Huh? Now here's the thing. You're not going to give, like I was talking to Travis, Travis just got him a, a new truck. But he's not going to give Adeline the keys to his truck. Not yet. I mean, obviously there will be a day when, but not today. She's little. See, we read that scripture. Oh, yeah, I got the keys to the kingdom. Do you? If you're still a child, the revelation of that having keys, you don't, you're not getting that. I need you to stay with me today because we, we read a scripture, we memorize a scripture, we put it on our refrigerator, and then we step out in it and it doesn't work and we're like, God, what's up? You a baby. Not on necessarily, we are in, in, in sense, we are all still children of God and we're all growing at, different, at a different pace in our revelation of who we are in him and him in us, Right? But what the message tells us is a yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. And Jesus makes this statement right before he leaves the planet. He says, and all authority was given to me in heaven and on earth. And then he delegated that authority to his ambassadors, to his disciples. He, had, he gave us the kingship. See, kingship is this. It's the authority of the king, the position of the king, the dignity, the personality, the responsibility. It's the government of the king. He gave us the keys to the kingdom. But if you're not, if you're not willing to grow into the revelation of what that is in and of yourself as an ambassador of Christ, then kingship doesn't mean the same to you as it does to someone else. Because I know we read this and we just want God to do a magic trick, but it doesn't. There are spiritual laws just like there are natural laws, you guys. I know we want God just to, bam, do it all, but that is not how it works. Contrary to popular religious teachings, it doesn't work that way. If it did, God would just bam everybody and we'd get out of here. <laughs> Why are we putting up with this junk? Well, it must be God's will that we're putting, really. 
No, <laughs> no. We live in a broke, dying world. And there will come a day when it will change, but not, I mean, we're still here right now, so let's, let's be about the master's work, right? The thing is, just like Jesus told Peter, our success of this stuff, it hinges on us understanding. It's the revelation of who we are in Christ. It's not just being a good church member. Huh? It's not going to Bible studies. It's so much more than that. The, 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 probably one of the best pictures of it is the story of Mary and Martha. You guys remember that, right? Jesus was at their house and Mary, well, she's just hanging out with Jesus, listening to him teach. And Martha, she's taking care of all the stuff. She's, she's busy. And we have a lot of that that goes on here. There's a lot of people that get so consumed with church work that they miss what Jesus is trying to tell them. So don't be Martha. But on the other, on the other side, now, we, we need Marthas. But on that particular, at that particular time, Jesus made it very clear that Mary had chosen the right thing. He said, you know, if Jesus has to say your name twice, Martha, Martha. Huh? You know, today it wouldn't be so much the, the, the name twice. If he goes middle name on you, you better pay attention, right? Yeah, you know how mom, if mom or dad break out the middle name, it's on. See, Mary knew that she needed to be at the feet of Jesus just listening to what he said. Because that's the only way that revelation comes. Because so often we hear something that Jesus says and we hear it and we hear it, but nothing changes. But then all of a sudden on the hundredth or the ten thousandth time that you hear it, then a revelation clicks in your soul and you're like, ding, ding, ding. And you see a revelation, you see a new truth for the first time. And it's at that point that you have the opportunity for your life to change. When you discover your role in the kingship of who you are as an ambassador, so as we unpack this today, let me ask you, y'all doing okay with your homework? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Listen, what, what, what was your homework? Okay, this group over here is pretty good, so I'm going to hang out. Y'all obviously backslidden. <laughs> no. The book of Colossians is our homework, you all. It's, I mean, it's just a couple chapters. I mean, come on. But it will change your life. Remember the, the last series we were in, we set up camp in Ephesians? Well, Colossians, uh, and here's the thing. As we, so today, let me just encourage you. When you get some time, all right, open up the book of Colossians and just meditate it for a little bit, okay? As you go through the book, here's what's going to happen. You have to understand the Apostle Paul, he is making sure, the reason this letter was written, he is making sure that this young church doesn't fall into the deception of the demonic influence religious opinions of that day. Because wherever Paul went, and a, and a, bunch, a bunch of this religious group was, was what Paul came out of. His name was Saul of Tarsus at the time, and he was a terrorist. And then he met Jesus on the Damascus Road, and now he's preaching, and he's starting these churches. And so he starts this young church, and everywhere Paul went, there was this religious group that came behind him, tried to tear down everything that he taught because he was teaching completely different stuff than what they believed and taught. Nothing has changed. See, the enemy knew from the very beginning that an invasion from the outside is not as powerful 
as, as, as something coming from the inside. He knew if he could get to work on the inside of the church and bring in religion and tradition. Well, Jesus said it's the traditions of men that make my word ineffective. And we are, I'm telling you, we are bogged down with traditions in the church today. You know, can I give you a perfect example? Now, make no mistake, we have a good group today. I'm glad that you all are here. Some of you are watching online. I'm glad you're with us. But the whole, well, I have to go to church this morning, this Sunday. First of all, you don't have to. But more importantly, this is not church. We're the church. You know what God needs is some people to understand that tomorrow in your break room when, when gutter mouth is going off. And you don't get offended, and you don't get mad, and you don't try to put somebody in their place. Instead, maybe you put yourself in their place. And you understand, okay, maybe they're at a place where I used to be five years ago. And God has brought me out of that so that I can see that in them, and I can help them come out of it. Hmm? See? Paul is wanting this young church to understand that there are some things taking place that, they, that has been infiltrated from within the church, and they're, they're being deceived. In chapter 2 of Colossians, he makes this statement. He says, guys, I am writing this letter so no one can deceive you with their well-crafted arguments. See, we live in a culture today where people sound so intelligent for about the first 10 seconds. And then, then you start to realize the content of what they're talking about. You're like, nope, deceived. Now, now here, listen carefully. You don't just, you don't just don't pull your big side out. Deceived. No. You have to start praying for people, okay? Remember, this, this thing is spiritual. See, this, this information age, the one thing that we need for sure is a solid foundation so that we, we don't get distracted, that we understand our role as believers. Now, for example, last week we, we highlighted this out of Hebrews chapter 2. We must give the more earnest heed. We must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard lest we drift away. See, the reason faith comes by hearing and faith comes by hearing and faith comes by hearing. That's how you're designed spiritually. That's how your belief system works. God made you that way. When you hear truth, when, when, the, when the seed of the word of God takes root inside you. See, our kingship isn't something to be taken lightly. Now, make no mistake, I love being casual in my Christianity in one sense of the word because I remember, babe, you remember all those suits I had? Listen, let me, can I take you back for just a minute? Andy had some too. Man, when I, when I graduated from Bible college, Tim, you preached in a suit, bless God. You preached in a suit, man. And so I had suits. And I preached in suits. And, they, they, and, just, and I sweated in suits. And I'm like, <laughs> for years, man. Listen, we were, we were, our praise team back then, they all wore the same colors. I mean, we, we were rocking it, man. <laughs> I don't know whose idea that was, Cody. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I appreciate the casual atmosphere that we have, but never let that confuse you with the intensity of who we are as ambassadors for the kingdom of heaven. 
We have to be very intentional. It should never be taken lightly because we represent our king. We have been called to be ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven on this planet. But that will require some transformation on our part. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't have fun and cut up. That doesn't mean that you don't have responsibilities with your family, with your career. But there will be things that God will put into your life just like he did with Peter. Peter got such a revelation of who Christ was that he, he just left his business. Now, I'm not suggesting that, no. But my man, he just packed up and left and started following Jesus. He had some radical faith on certain days. But now you remember the other days Peter stood outside cussing and said, I don't even know him. So we all have growing to do, Right. But getting that seed of the word of God into you, that revelation of who we are in him is a reality. And it all hinges on the soil of your heart. If you go to Matthew chapter 13, that whole story there is really the parable of the sower. But I want to highlight something that Jesus said, because in chapter 13, verse 11, his disciples came to him because he just got through talking about the parable of the sower with different types of soil. You know, some soil, stony ground, stony ground, wayside ground. The Bible says that the devil will come and try to take that stuff. And then there's good ground. And the disciples come to him and they're like, Master, why do you teach your parables all the time? Now, a parable, understand, a parable is a natural story depicting a spiritual reality. That's what a parable is. Because Jesus was having a difficult time trying to explain a spiritual world to this group of people, just like today. Until you get the seed of that word in you, that spiritual stuff, it doesn't make sense all the time. And then Jesus says this in verse 11, Matthew 13, 11, because, it, he, because they ask him, why are you teaching parables? And he says this, because it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. I love this, and I'm sure that he pointed right at the Pharisees. But to them, they get parables. See, you and me, we're born of the kingdom of heaven. We have this regenerated soil, and when the seed is planted in it, we have been given this opportunity to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And then he makes this statement, for whoever has to him, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever doesn't have even what he has will be taken away from him. Wow. Now he's talking about a spiritual principle here that will take place in your life. See, he knows that we're all at different places in our journey. But when you take the time, please hear me today, because God knows right where you're at. He knows that you have family and business and career, etc. He knows that you're busy, but he also knows your heart and he knows what kind of steward of your time you are. I know it's real quiet up in here today. Because we all use this phrase, well, I don't have time. See, I, 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 for me, what helps me is I, I'm a visual person. So there are times when I like to visualize Jesus calling Kate in the office and saying, I need to talk to you. Huh? <laughs> I'm, I'm just back there looking like <laughs> you need to visualize Jesus. So, so many of us, we're, we're, we know, it's not knowing truth, you all, because it's so easy to put Jesus over in heaven somewhere where you can't see it. But if he were to show up 
and call you into his office. And then he asked you about, you know, one day last week when he came to you and said, can I, I just need you to check this out for a minute. Will you, can you give me a little time? And you told Jesus, now you wouldn't really tell Jesus face to face. You wouldn't tell, you wouldn't, nobody would tell Jesus face to face. Nope. But we do, don't we? I don't have time for that right now. I don't, or we say this one, I don't really feel, feel like reading my Bible. Now, as I talk about this, the first thing the enemy will do is try to bring condemnation. So don't let that happen, okay? God loves you. He's not mad at you. He knows right where you're at. But he's wanting you to embrace your role, your kingship. See, when we start exercising our spiritual authority that Jesus gave us, the reason that things are so jacked up on the planet is because the church has been in cruise control. Seriously, you all, there's, there, there, you know, and I'm not being critical of this, but when we start exercising our spiritual authority over the kingdom of darkness, things will begin to change. See, this reality, this kingship is available, not, it, it, it's really, it will only be seen by disciples, you can be wonderfully born again and go to heaven, but never experience what I'm talking about today. Daniel makes it very clear. We talked about Daniel throughout this series. But you remember in chapter 10, uh, Daniel was, you know, in chapter 9, he got his answer right away. But in chapter 10, the angel uh, Gabriel showed up and said, Daniel, on the first day that you started praying, your words were heard. And I was sent because of your words, but it took me 21 days to get here. 21, because the prince of Persia, this, this power of darkness interfered with me. And I was in battle for 21 days. And while Gabriel was in battle for 21 days, Daniel was fasting and praying. Now I'm going to say something. I wonder, Cody, how many of us could endure 21 days? I know some of y'all think, yeah, but Daniel was a preacher. No, he wasn't. He was a politician. Go read the Bible. I've had, I, Daniel was a politician, anointed by God. Just think if we had some of those today. Yeah. Whoo! Yeah. <laughs> Can we stay that long in, in, in searching the things of God? Are we willing to put our agenda aside for something that God wants to show us. Because if you're going to operate in this next level of spiritual, now when I use that term, I'm not talking about you in charge of people. Now listen, some of y'all, you've already checked out on me. Get back in here. I know this is not your normal, I just need a self-help three points, give me something to be good on. My, no, no, no. We're past that stuff. God needs some. <laughs> I remember when I first got saved, man, Elder D.J. Ward. Remember him, honey? Man, he would come on the radio and he, would, he had this raspy voice. Ha! Have I got any warriors? And I'm like, I think so, God. I mean, he kind of scared you a little bit, but I, he preached, he, he, he's in heaven now, but he preached at the, what it was, First Baptist down by Rupp Arena? Main Street Baptist, yeah. Oh my gosh, but he would get me so fired up. I think God's looking for some warriors today. I think he's looking for some people that know how to exercise their kingship in that arena. Not over people, 
We've talked about this. Stop complaining. Stop getting mad at people. The battle is not with people. Daniel was praying the king of Persia on the planet wasn't the struggle. Matter of fact, if you go back and read Daniel, the king of Persia liked Daniel. Remember, remember the whole lion's den thing? Yeah, that was king of Persia. They, they didn't want, he didn't want Daniel thrown in the lion's den, but all his other politicians did. And so his hands was tied. But the next day, I mean, the king come running. Daniel, did your God save you? Amen. Daniel said, long live the king. I'm good, brother. <laughs> yeah. I just wonder I, I, if, if I... If I would have that kind of faith. It's powerful, man. You got to get your mind dialed in on these truths. Spiritual things have to become more of a reality in our life. Paul says this in Colossians chapter 3. I know those of you who have done your homework, you've read this. Since you have been, Colossians 3, this is the new living. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ... Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Watch this. Think about things of heaven, not things of the earth. Think about things of heaven, not things of the earth. Now, he's not saying just be neglecting, neglecting, <laughs> Thank you, Kev. Huh? He's not telling you to just disregard your responsibilities and think no no but he's telling you to be more aware spiritually of what's going on in this world and then he makes this crazy statement jack for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with christ see you are in christ and christ is in you but you will not discover this on accident. It is on the revelation of who you are in him. That's what Jesus was telling Peter. Jeremiah 29 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. The message says, when you get serious about finding me and you want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Now, let me say this. God's not playing hide and go seek. He's not hiding from you. When he says, seek me with all your heart, that's your spirit. It's a spiritual reality. You've got to go into that world and seek him. And you won't just find it on accident. And our role, once we begin to discover some of these things, Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth, whatever you loose on earth, just like things in this natural world don't just happen, things in the spiritual world don't just happen. See, that's the thing that you have to understand. That's what the, the lesson that Daniel teaches us. You see, much of the leadership uh, around the planet today is being influenced by the kingdom of darkness, and they don't even know it. They have no clue because they're not born again. See, if you're, let me get real simple for a second. If you're not born again, what I mean is if you haven't given your life to Jesus, you're not born again. And if you're not born again, I'm not saying church member, if you're not born again, you belong to the kingdom of darkness. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't mean you're not a good moral person. I, I know a lot of folks, good, moral, responsible, successful career, raising good kids, but they, they don't know Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus, then you're dead. You're still bound to that kingdom. And Satan doesn't even have to waste any time. You see, unlike God, I know he thinks he's God, he's the Christ, but he's not. He's the anti. He's the opposite of the real. 
See, God is omnipresent. He can be everywhere all the time. Satan can't. So he has to, he has to assign either a principality, a power, or a ruler of darkness. He has to assign one to somebody. And he's not going to waste any of his demons on people that already belong to him because they're no threat to his kingdom. See, Daniel in Daniel chapter 9, he was no threat. The reason he got his prayer answered instantly because he was no threat to the kingdom. There was no interference on that one. But all of a sudden, when, 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 when the kingdom of darkness saw Gabriel show up on the scene, then they're like, oh, heck, who's this guy? And then he sent reinforcements to make sure that there was something going on to hinder what a human on the planet was trying to accomplish in the heavenlies. Are you all getting this? See, there are things going on today on this planet, and we can change the course of this nation. The church can. Matter of fact, let's pray. Say this with me, Lord, today we bind the powers of darkness over our nation. And now, Lord, you loose champions of righteousness in our government. In the name of Jesus, so be it. Now, when you talk like that, angels go to work. God will send people into people's lives. He'll send disciples in different states. See, when you start praying for your leaders, that's what Paul says in Timothy, you're supposed to pray for them. Quit getting mad at them because they make crazy, dumb decisions that are ungodly. They don't know any better. They're ungodly. Peter takes it a step further. He says this, guys, you all stay alert, stay on guard, and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, he walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. And then he says this, so resist him, steadfast in the faith. Let me ask you this, so what if the, what if the, enemy, the enemy comes to you and you don't resist him? Remember, whatever you allow on earth is allowed in heaven. And if you don't resist the enemy, he will wreak havoc in your life. But we never think about this stuff because God's in control of everything. And I'll just pray and I'll just, you know, whatever it is, it is. You know better than that, man. See, Gabriel left Daniel and he was going back. He said, Daniel, I got to go back, man. I got to go fight the prince of Persia again. The thing you have to understand about that world and we've, we're born of that world. We just don't. It's not a reality for us because we're still confined to humanity. But we're eternal people. You understand that? If you were to, if you were to leave the planet today, your body would lay down and like a hand comes out of a glove, the real you would just step back. And then you'd look at your body and you're like, man, I was older than I thought I was. <laughs> like, dang. <laughs> Huh? Yeah. At some point it's going to happen or the Lord's going to take, the Lord's going to rapture the church out of here. Either way, we win. With that mindset, let's be more intentional. See, this small window of time that we are confined to right now, it will soon come to a close. Either from the Lord bringing the church home or we go through the grave. Either way, we still win. But the thing you have to understand, and at that point, Stephen, at that point, there will be no more questions, is God in control? Oh, you will know then. 
There won't be any more questions. You know, God, he'll be, he, will, he will run the show then. You see, how many of y'all, because God is in control in heaven. You believe that, right? What y'all think the crime rate is in heaven? Huh? What you think the price of gas is in heaven? Huh? Come on. God is in control there. His will is being done there. And this is why Jesus said, Father, your will be done on earth as it is. How many of y'all think that's happening? Come on. It's not happening, but it, it, it's changing. But because why? Because we are getting revelation of this, whatever we bind on this earth. So if you want to stop the powers of darkness, I just gave you a perfect example of how to do that. Now, you're not praying against people. Please hear me. I know David did in the Old Testament. You're not in the Old Testament. God killed. David. I mean, David prays the brutal stuff. God kill him. Wipe him off the earth. Let me. He, he, he said stuff like, let me let me bathe in their blood. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Dude was crazy, man. Well, that's Jesus' great-great-great-great-great-granddaddy, okay? So, <clears throat> whatever we, this is spiritual stuff. And it's, here's the thing, it's not weird. It's not make-believe. The problem is, the church hasn't talked about it enough for it to be a reality in our life. It's this far-away spiritual, whoa, man, they're a little weird over there at Victory. Are we? You ain't seen weird yet. <clears throat> huh? Back to my original question, is God allowing what we allow? Come on, you all. I think we have more to say about this than, because I know it soothes our conscience. It's much easier to just blame, well, it's God's mysterious. No, no. He, Jesus told us in Matthew, it has been given to us to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. So it's not this mysterious thing to us if we take the time to pursue him and his world. See, I cannot overemphasize this fact enough. Colossians, Colossians chapter 2, it tells us the same way you get in is how you live in it. At the end of the day, you have to believe this stuff. It comes down to you believe. Do you believe that you're born again? If you believe you're born again, then you are a spiritual being made in the likeness and image of Christ. He, according to the book of Ephesians, he, he is in us and we're in him. But it's your choice. God said in Deuteronomy, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. You choose. Can I, let me show you. You're going to like this. In the book of Revelation, now if you have some time, if you really want to get, get your mind messed with, now Revelation, it's got a lot of stuff in it, but just read it with some common sense, man, okay? I know there's a lot of types and mysterious stuff in there, but the, the Lord will help you with, this, with that. But there's this passage in chapter 3. Now you remember the Apostle John. Now you remember last week we said, Paul said, I went to the third heaven, and whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. I think maybe next week we may talk about that a little bit. Because John, John, listen to this, John sees Jesus. Well, Jesus has already died and went to heaven. So where is he seeing him at? Huh? Listen, let me read this. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Behold, this is Jesus talking to John the Apostle. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now, Andy, if God's in control of anything, of everything, why is he knocking? 
He just knocked the door down. If he was in control, hey, I'm here. But no, he stands at the door and knocks. If, say if, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. And to him who overcomes, I'll grant to sit with me on my throne. Hold up, what? Didn't James and John ask this question back when they was on the, Lord, we want to sit with you but in heaven. He said, well, that's not mine to give. But he is saying here that the people that, if I stand at the door of your heart and I knock and you let me in and we have supper together and we fellowship together, listen to this out of the message. I stand at the door and knock and if you'll open the door, I'll come in and sit down to supper with you. Conquerors, say conquerors. Conquerors will sit alongside me at the head of the table. That's you. Just as I have conquered and took the place of honor at the side of my father, that's my gift to you. That's why Paul says you are more than conquerors. But unless we invite Jesus into our lives, he's not involved. Are you hearing me? Once back to my original statement, some of us get enough of a revelation of Jesus to get access to his world and we're born again and we get to go to heaven. But this life that he's talking about, this kingship, you have to invite him into your life to be part of your life. And if you don't, then he won't. He won't force himself on you. But those that do bring Jesus in, that, that ask Jesus, some of you all, this might help some of you today. Some of you all, this ought to be your prayer. Lord, I want you all up in my business. Everything I'm involved in, Lord. I'll, now, 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 I know some of you might say amen, but some of you like, well, I, not the club part, Lord. I don't want you, not, not there. You know, I mean, I got stuff going on. I really don't want you going, you know, going out with me Saturday night. But, huh? but as you begin to grow and develop and God shows you who you really are, those things begin to change. Your passions, your desires begin to change. But the thing you have to understand is this, you all. Without choice, there can be no proving. Without choice, there can be no proving. You have to pick the way. You have to choose Jesus. You have to believe that his words are true. <clears throat> but if you do ask Jesus to be part of your life, you got to hear this today. There will be approving. There will be. There will be times in your life that you will have to step out and stand on the words of God. See, what every born again has to understand is that every one of us that yield our lives to him, every one of us <clears throat> that invite him into our lives. Guys, you understand, we are being groomed right now for the next dominion. I need you to leave here with this thought today. There's a wonderful parable in the book of Luke, and Jesus said this to the, to the young man. He says, because you were faithful in the little. Now remember, a parable is a what? A natural story depicting a spiritual reality. A natural story depicting a spiritual reality. And he tells the young man, because you, be, you have been faithful in a little, I'm going to make you ruler over ten cities. Hmm? Well, well, that was a parable. Are you for real right now? You are being groomed. There are going to be people when you step over to the other side and you're going to be like, how did you get that position? Hmm? 
I know I brag on Andy and Kate all the time, but they're not paid staff here. They're volunteering. They're like, I mean, they treat your kids like their kids. And when they get to heaven, well, I'll probably park my car in his mansion because it'll be so big. We don't think about that world enough, you all. We do not think about it. Remember what Paul said in Colossians? Think on heavenly things. Now, that doesn't mean that you think on heavenly things so much that you're no earthly good. But you need, to, you need to be aware of heavenly things going on right now. You are born again. You belong to the kingdom of heaven. You are heirs to the throne of heaven, joint heirs with Christ Jesus, him in you, you in him. So when he shows up, let, let me ask you this. If you've been crucified with Christ, that's what Paul says, it's no longer, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ that lives in me because I've been crucified with him. If you've been crucified with him, if you're a more than, more than conquerors in him, if you're joint heirs with him, since Jesus is our king and we're in him, what's that make us? I got one word for you. Royalty. Royalty. Yeah, but we don't think that way on the planet because we're, we're, we're just stuck in our humanity. No, you're not. You, you're more than a conqueror. You have been made free with Christ Jesus. The, <laughs> this is why Jesus makes these crazy statements like this. The things I do, you can do. Yeah. Paul says it like this in Colossians 2. You were dead because of your sin and because of your sinful nature. And then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all your sin. He canceled the record of the charges against us, and he took it away, and he nailed it to the cross. What is that? That's the Old Testament law. He nailed it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and the authorities, and he shamed them publicly by his victory. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, he went back into the spirit world, and he destroyed the kingdom of darkness. And he did, Paul says that he made a public display of what he did, letting all the spirit world know that they're defeated. But because they're still confined to this world and they're eternal beings, they can still manipulate. They can still, they, if, if someone will yield to them, they, they still have uh, authority to work in somebody's life if, if they'll yield. But for the one who knows who they are, at the name of Jesus, every, every other name has to do what? Man, you need to learn how to exercise this stuff. You know, it's not just saying the name of Jesus at the end of a prayer. I think in America, that's what we train people to do. Oh, he didn't say it in the name of Jesus at the end of his prayer. Are you for real? That's not even in the Bible. That's not what the scripture even means. Say, say in Jesus' name at the end of your prayer. That's not what it means. It means pray in his authority. You pray in the name of Jesus. Hollywood can say in the name of Jesus, it don't mean squat. But when you exercise that authority, because the kingdom of darkness. Let me, I'll, let me show you one more. I really like this one. And I'll get you. Let's, can we go back to the book of Revelation again? Revelation chapter 1. This is John. And what, Now remember, John's on the Isle of Patmos. Jesus lives in heaven. And John says in verse 17, And when I saw him, <laughs> how, how did he see him? See, one of the things I love about my father in the faith, Brother Hagin, he actually had some visions with Jesus showing up and talking to him. One of, the, one of the stories that still makes the hair stand up on, the, on my arm is when he was, uh, 
he was visiting somebody. No, he was in the hospital, and Jesus came and visited him in the hospital. And he, and he, remember that, Jack? And he heard somebody walking down the hallway, and it was Jesus. Showed up in the room, like, like real Jesus. And he'll tell you whether I is in my body or out of my body. I don't know. Jesus showed up in the room. John is on the Isle of Patmos. Jesus lives in heaven. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his hand on me. And he said to me, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives. I was dead. And behold, I'm alive forever. <laughs> I'm sure Jesus is smiling at John. And, and then, he says this, then he says this statement. And then he says, and I got the keys to hell and death. <laughs> Now, I know, I know a lot of you, you may not have a revelation of what that is. But death for a believer is not the same as an unbeliever. You don't face the, you don't face the pain and agony that an unbeliever does. You know, my mom uh, lives in heaven, and, uh, and she's wonderfully happy there. She wouldn't come back if we begged her to. But uh, her journey to transition from here to there on the physical side wasn't pretty because she fought cancer for a long time. But Jack just happened to be there that night. And mom was going back and forth and she was talking about stuff. And she saw, she said, oh, what would she say about, her, about Jesus' feet? Yeah, that he had the sandals on. And, and I mean, she was seeing that side. Well, who, who, who's gonna stay here with that? You know, I'm like, because I mean, it was, she was only 60 or 59 or 60. It wasn't time for her to go. But once God started to show death for the saint, the Bible says all heaven rejoices when a saint comes home. Jesus said, I got the keys to death and hell. Here's, think about it. The devil ain't even got keys to his own place, man. That's some jacked up stuff. That's how messed up it is. Jesus took his keys from him. Huh? And here's the thing. After John, you know, this took place, Jesus tells him, I got the keys of death and hell. Then Jesus, after he's risen from the grave and he's on the planet now before he goes back to heaven, then he says this to his disciples. Matthew chapter 28. Y'all know this as the what? The Great Commission. Jesus came and spoke. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. See, he commissioned this first group to go establish his new world order. Kingdom of heaven on the planet. Our job today is to embrace that role to exercise that spiritual authority. Once again, let me remind you, not over people. But you have to understand that Jesus told that first group, you go train everybody you meet. You teach them just like I taught you. You exercise your spiritual authority. You have the kingship now. You gotta get this stuff settled. We have been delegated authority by the master himself to represent his kingdom on the planet. And according to our king, how many of y'all believe Jesus tells you the truth? 
According to our king, he said, Will, whatever you bind on this planet will be bound in heaven. But you've got but but the currency of heaven is believing this stuff. It's not some religious prayer. You've got to believe what Jesus said. In the face of everything coming against you. In the face of nothing looking like you're going to be victorious in it, you got to get to this place. Yeah, but Jesus said, y'all remember the little in the playground? If you had a, you had a big brother, yeah, well, my, my, my brother will take care of you in a minute. You just wait. Huh? Daddy said, Mama said, <laughs> when we get to the place where we're unwavering with this, our level of effectiveness as an heir to the throne begins to shift. This is why Paul makes statements like this. He said, Timothy, you be ready in season and out of season. Why? Because according to Jesus' own words in John chapter 13, most assuredly I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me. This is Jesus talking. He who receives whomever I send receives me. So when you show up, who shows up? See, that's not all of you, but you're going to get it. You're going to get this. And as you start to walk this out, this is why Paul says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to. You have to stay humble in who you are as the person of God. You have to be sympathetic to people, but never in, in wavering in your authority for the situation, but exercising your spiritual authority over situations. Are y'all getting this? When we, when we learn how to do this, the church will be so much more effective on what's going on on the planet. And the kingdom of darkness will be less effective. But it, it all hinges on what we started our talk with. Who do you say that I am? You are the Christ. You are my king. You are my Lord. You know what Lord means? Let me give you, let me give you my paraphrase. In charge. Lord means in charge. So when you humble yourself and you get an assignment from Jesus, when he says stuff like, the works I do, you will do. Like, okay, let's go. And then you step out. And when you fall flat on your face, you get up, you brush yourself off, you look back at Jesus like, man, that hurt. He said, I know, but you, you go get it. Just stay at it. Yeah? See, everything that I'm talking about today, it all hinges on this reality that you belong to him. You got to give your life to Jesus. And so if you're in the room today, or if you're watching us online, if you've never taken that first step of faith, that's step one, guys. You have to give your life to Jesus. And so whether you're in the room, you're listening, you're watching, we've made it as simple as possible. I know that the enemy fights and tries to distract you. That's why we've tried to make it as simple as we can so that when you can take that step of faith, then from there, God will bring you from glory to glory, line upon line, precept upon precept. He'll show you who you are in him. But step one, you got to give your life to Jesus. So if you're in the room, we're all going to say it as a family together. Those of you listening or watching, say the prayer with us. Give Jesus a chance in your life. Let's all say it. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're in the room and you said the prayer, stop out our information desk. We got a free gift for you. Some stuff to get you on your journey of faith and get you solidly grounded in the word. Those of you watching, man, you got to tell somebody. 
Most important thing in your life just took place. Now you belong to the kingdom of heaven. Your kingship is underway. It's time for you to begin to discover who you are in Christ and Christ in you. Amen. Guys, we love you all. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next Sunday. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.